Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am really excited to be joined today by a real live sales guy, sales leader, sales guru. He's uh, Robert Zeman from Aflac. And I am excited to have him on board because he's not only a student of this game we play called selling, um, he's, uh, he's putting up some big results. And so he's going to take us through in the next uh, 20 minutes or so, how that's all working out. But first, Robert, I know you have something cold and refreshing in front of you. What is that? It is cloth color, the original non-alcoholic beer. See what happens when you don't drink alcohol. You (laughs) You start coughing. You have COVID now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, So I won't ask you the alcohol by volume. You've given that away. That is a big fat zero. Zero on that. Usually like 0.04. I don't know what. <laughs> it probably does have something, right? A little smidge. Yeah, I'll need a little bling. Exactly right. Well, I am going to enjoy something called uh, Destin Ale, a friendly beach bum and blonde from the Destin Brewery, which happens to be where I'm residing for uh, the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, for, and maybe for the next three or four weeks. So I am going yeah. to enjoy a local brew called Destin Ale. So let's crack that bad boy. <laughs> All right. Excellent. That's a 5.0%. So, uh, you know, I'll be asleep before you here shortly. We'll see who's doing better at the end of this show. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I really am so happy that you were able to join. Um, Great, great uh, client of ours. We've enjoyed the relationship for many years. And you have a special story where, um, you know, this this one question that sort of sticks out for me that we'll talk about for the next, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so is, why is your team of four outperforming much larger sales teams at Aflac? And we kind of uncovered, I think, three main areas. Um, and, I, and I think this will be useful for those that sell for a living and those who uh, coach those who sell for a living. Uh, the first kind of area, uh, Robert, I wanted to dive into is, is this idea of sort of the functional strength, the idea of, you know, the, the, the sales skills and things that, that sales reps need to be doing. And we talked about uh, the concept that you, you know, you don't have to shove things down a, a customer's throat, right? You, you, you don't want to use the old uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, <laughs> um, coffee yeah. is for closers approach. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and how uh, some of these approaches have been working to, to drive you right to the top of the charts. Well, thank you. And what was exciting is that we did it this year in the middle of COVID. Yeah, that's so true. And we had our best year ever. And I say we, because I truly cannot do it without my team. Yeah. And um, they need to be a part of it. And that's why they're involved in where we're headed, their, their business plans in some way align with mine. And that's why I've always believed that I can't truly hold them accountable if I don't have data so that I can coach them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I can't coach them after it's too late yeah i can't go at them after i've got the data hey here's the data john yeah but i haven't done anything with you i haven't supported you i haven't really showed you how to do it even as simple as writing the business plan yeah and so i've created i mean the the name kpi people know the game name kpi sure absolutely production indicators but i've created a system to automate through a spreadsheet type function where they help me decide what income do they want to make? What production do they need to see from that? 
what areas of the business are you going to focus on? Like what percentage? And then here's the activity you need to produce. Yeah. Because I think of myself coming through the system, it'd be like, uh, hey, Robert, you need, you really got to open more accounts. You really got to have at least one account a week. Well, okay. Yeah. No kidding. I need more accounts. Yeah. That's why I'm ready to quit. <laughs> That's why so many of my friends just quit. Yeah. But I don't know really what I'm doing. Yeah. And that was my commitment to my team and myself that when I got into this role, that I was going to give them the tools to help them more specifically succeed. And I and love that. The data to drive decisions. Yeah. I love that because, you know, even in, you know, in our, in our catalyst uh, coursework that you've, that you've talked about in the past, that you've got that overarching results where you know, it's a results business that we, that we sell into. You've, you've got a, re, you've got a revenue target, you've got a hit, or you've got a number of new accounts that you've got to open. Um, but there are submetrics, your KPIs, as you call them, um, that sort of drive those, those end results. And so let's unpack a couple of those because, you know, a number of appointments is something you and I talked about, right? You, you used to get maybe a lot more appointments, but you've noticed lately what? The quality of the ones you do get is much higher. Take us through why you think that is. Well, that was an interesting challenge when I first started this other-centered approach to prospecting. Mm -hmm. And the other-centered approach to uh, employer or decision-maker meetings and then even helping my team to be more effective in the actual sales with individuals on the insurance plans right. that they were purchasing. Because the initial part that was hard was it was a big change for me, number one. I had to be okay with that. I wasn't that first. It hurt. Yeah. Because I, I took pride in the fact that I had always worked hard to be good at prospecting. Because my commitment to myself was, if I'm not good at prospecting, the rest is unnecessary to be good at. Because yeah. there's nothing to struggle. There's no reason to do the rest. So I always did it. But this approach is so different. It's so not shoving it down their throat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it felt initially like I was totally reinventing the wheel. So that was a challenge for me. But I'm so glad I stuck with it. Yeah. I, I can't be more excited than I am. And I've shared that with you about where we're headed. Because I know that the meetings we get are meetings that are going to show up. They're meetings that are going to follow through. And I got that result last night. I said to one of my agents, I said, hey, Drew, you know, I had a really crazy day. I apologize. I didn't check in with you because we wanted to call a city up and man follow up because they wanted to uh, reschedule me because I think they had a COVID case. Mm -hmm. And... I said to Drew, I said, did you by any chance get to call him? And he said, not only did I talk to them, but they reached out to us. They requested the reschedule. They gave us the date. They gave us the schedule of benefits before we asked for them. And that was music to my ears. Because yes. I knew with music to his ears that something had just, the switch had just flicked in his mind that all this work that was totally undoing what he did because he's only in his he's only a year and a half in so we did one year of down your throat type sales strategy and then we changed it on i yeah. changed it on. yeah and i think that was heavenly for him it was heaven heavenly for me i'll tell you yeah and it's amazing and i just know that the meetings 
you know, not only did they take the meeting, but they called or rescheduled. I don't know that I've ever had that happen in my career where they call, hey, we want to reschedule to make sure we meet. Because right. here's why, Scott. I know that what we did in the first meeting, we've led them to why. Yes. yes. And they're so bought in now that they're emotionally engaged. I love that. And yeah. that's why we didn't have to call them back because they know that this benefit offering that we have, and not just the benefit offering, that I know we help them to see that we truly want to be a support and a, a solution provider to them. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the focus of the discussion was and it rang through. And, and let's, let's back up a little bit because to even get to the, the initial meeting, the first discovery meeting, you talked about, um, you know, an, an approach that we use, the 1033 approach, which those of you who are out there listening that have been through our, our, uh, our program, you know, the 1033 approach to prospecting basically has 10 seconds to sort of quiet the noise. Whenever you call somebody, you are catching them in the middle of something else and you are not what they were thinking about. You weren't the reason they picked up the phone. Um, and so you do that to get 30 seconds of, of back and forth just to earn the right to a little three minute mini discovery meeting. And, and, I, and, and Robert, you, you had talked about using that technique and that approach to, to liven up some dormant and inactive accounts during open enrollment, but also, you know, raw, you know, prospecting accounts. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, any stories that come to mind or anything that uh, besides the one you just talked, talked about, you know, how you, how you implemented that with your team. Well, because of my belief, and now there's this, my team is seeing success. That I, 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 I proposed to them that if we're having this success with new accounts, why are we not transferring this success to our open enrollments that we're doing every year? And I said, it's not the ones that we have those good relationships with or those great relationships. I had one today that I haven't serviced the account in five years, but yet they always call me because it's just that relationship. Those are easy. It's the ones that are a challenge. They're always busy. There's too much going on. They're too, they've got a new training. They got a new safety meeting. Those are the ones. Yeah. We're not bringing them to why. Why we want to take their time. Why we want to take their time to get their employees together and pay them while we're talking to them. They're looking at it as a burden. They're not looking at, it at the benefits. And we can't get them there if we don't use this type of discovery questioning in essence or 1033 approach so i modified our 1033 uh new appointment setting to a open enrollment modified because it doesn't have to be as detailed you know yeah. them yeah. but you still scott have to break through the clutter because it doesn't matter how long you've known them and right now with covid more than ever there's the challenge of some of them are just trying to stay in business. And we're calling about open enrollment. Right. And honestly, I'm trying to get them to also not say open enrollment. Because most people, especially with health insurance, it means more money and stress. Nothing against <laughs> the health insurance people out there. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is. It's just a stressful time of year. It might mean a new platform. So we've got to break through that clutter, we've got to activate that RAS, and we've got to get them to be able to listen and focus and help them uncover more needs and be a solution provider. Such a and the point. same thing with, if we're gonna do walk-ins, 
if instead of calling that we're walking in, well, if we're gonna be authentic in our meetings, then we better start being authentic from the beginning and not doing some quote unquote used car sales approach to shoving it down their throat. Yeah. Because how can we go from that used car sales, shove it down their throat approach to then now I'm gonna be your discovery solution. I don't think that's a smooth transition. Yeah. And uh, now we're starting to put that into action. And that's, that's awesome. And, and I think the final part uh, would, under what we called the functional strength, but the, the, the approach that you've taken with your group, both on prospecting and open enrollment or existing accounts, is, is the idea of our discovery roadmap. Um, you know, a lot of people, and I was one of them back in the day when I was learning to sell, come in with their list of questions and they just want to fire away, right? And, and the approach of a roadmap where you kind of box off the the areas that you need to learn about, you know, in the account versus the specific questions, because we want this discovery to be very conversational and you've had some success with that. Excellent. All right. So let's do this. Let's transition over to one of the most important parts of rep development, which is really um, rep desire, right? We talk about this all the time that you cannot coach those who do not want to change, right? So um, you told a couple stories yesterday, and I love, I'd love you to bring those up um, about, you know, even those that don't work for your organization. In fact, I think there was an intern involved that learned so much from, from your tutelage as well as some of the Aslan content. Tell us that story, if you would, Rob. Well, I, when was it? Uh, in the fall. I had an intern who was fortunately really excited about being here, excited about learning. Yeah, it's interesting. Not many schools have a any kind of focus in sales. And the, and the college he's at, which is part of the University of New Hampshire system, mm-hmm. they have a program where you can kind of minor or there's a focus in the business program in sales, which was neat. And so there was some interest there. He was always excited. He was excited through the whole process. And what he, I think it was his last day. Carmen, my uh, assistant, is here with me. I think it was his last day, correct? His last day, we actually invited Mark Lamson from Aslan mm-hmm. to visit with us. And number one, we need to get out of the house, so to say, and, and get out of here because of COVID and go and just have a different place to meet. So we did a virtual training with Mark. And he came, the intern. Now he could have think about a college intern. I think about maybe myself. I might have skipped that day. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, you I can never. imagine, yeah. But I probably would have. And uh, he didn't. And not only was he there, he was engaged the entire time. And that was his last day. So he goes back to school. And he's back. And I found out he. I knew he was going to be part of a sales contest. And not only was he part of it, he won the first one. And the second day, the one they had, it was a different focus, and he came in second place. I said, well, why the hell didn't you come in first? And he said, because they don't typically give first place to the same person. <laughs> and his professor called him in, and he said, I don't know, there's just something that's working. And where's part of this coming from? And he told them about that training that we had. Yeah. And the whole other-centered approach. And, you know, that was what we're doing. 
with you, with Aslan, and that other centered approach. And I know, I don't know, maybe he'll come work with me. I, he's a wonderful, wonderful kid. <laughs> and, he, and he met. Yeah. But not only that, I know I've left him with a love for just being resilient and sales and what you can learn yourself by doing it and the success that you have. And uh, he then called me a month and a half later out of the blue. And he said, Robert, and this is like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, Paris, what are you doing, bud? I'm trying to go to bed. <laughs> You're 20 and I'm 54. Uh, and he's like, well, I just want to tell you about a book I just came across. I think you're going to love it because it totally ties in with Aslan. I'm like, what do you mean? Because it's all about being other centered. And he called just to tell me about a book, a 20 year old, and That's who amazing. had done an internship. And that to me says a lot about the approach. Uh, and and I, I, don't, I can't, the teacher in me can't be more excited when you get a call like that. It is, it's amazing. And, 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 and you instilled that in him because you know, this wasn't a job for him. This was a learning opportunity. He was trying to get better. And I think at the root of it all, he was serving other people, in some ways serving you by, by giving you a book to read, in some ways serving customers and, and even his fellow students in, in winning that contest, showing people maybe a different way to approach it and maybe and loving what you do versus, you know, calling it work like a lot of people do. Um, just the other, on, on, the, on the aspect of desire, I know you guys hold a lot of, you know, team meetings as all sales teams do. And, you know, tell me a little bit about you versus your peers and how team meetings seem to be in, in that dynamic. You know, some like to come to meetings, some others don't. Well, I had mentioned to you that uh, there's a couple people in the same position as I as a district sales manager. Yeah. And I, I continue to mentor one just because we've become good, good friends. Another one is a newer one that I mentor. Uh, and then I had another one today, a third one who's joining the party. And <laughs> common theme is that their quote unquote veterans don't seem to come to the meetings. And I said, well, number one, have you expected them to come to the meeting? Mm -hmm. So I think number one has to be that you expect that that's the expectation. And it's part of our mission statement for our team that you know we're in this together. We will all succeed at a higher level if we pitch in and we're teachable and we all teach each other and are vulnerable and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. But the other piece that I've got to do, and this is where Aslan comes in, this is the buy-in. I have got to create a meeting that they come to because they find value in it. My meetings cannot be Monday morning meetings to regurgitate the same stuff that they can learn on a website, that they can learn on an email, that they can learn from a text from their manager or from their manager above me. That is a bring value. I need to take and help push their learning to a new level. And it ties in very well with when I do team meetings, Often in sales, you'll hear salesmen just talk about a Monday morning meeting. Well, I do too, but mine's not an every Monday meeting. Mine is not once a month Monday meeting uh, because I want it to be that much more purposeful. I think if I do it every Monday, it loses its value. And most of the stuff that I'm going to communicate, if I did it every Monday, I'm going to try to make up stuff just to fill time. And then I'm not bringing value. And what happens is 
it doesn't matter if it's my veterans, my newbies, or my brand newbies. They're here because it's expected and they find value in it. That's great. That is, that is awesome. And I, and I think that just brings us to our sort of summary, um, which I kind of, we just talked about it as joint accountability, right? It's accountability where you said, I expect the reps to, to come to my meetings. I expect them to put up certain results. I expect them to achieve their revenue targets. And if they aren't, I expect that, you know, we're, we're spending time coaching together. Um, but at the same time, you provide an environment where they can expect a, you know, a fun work environment where, you know, they're going to get value out of meetings. They, they can expect you to coach them. And so you guys have this great culture of joint accountability, which I just think is exactly what people crave in their careers, right? Because well, and, and you're, you're right about the accountability. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, in the last six weeks, they've been brutally, wow, this non-alcoholic beer is getting to me. <laughs> they've been brutally honest with me about an area that, they felt they would like to see me change. Mm -hmm. And they were brutally honest. And it was hard. Yeah. Because we all like, when we care about the people we work with and we put so much into it, it's not that I'm disappointed just that I let them down. I also am letting myself down. So it stinks. And because yeah. you put so much into it, you feel it more. But when they're asking you to do something somewhat differently, it makes it that much easier to do it when you care about them. And it's a true mutual relationship. And I think that's what we've created. And Aslan and the whole philosophy of other centers just supports that whole philosophy. Thanks. And it supports our clients as well. It does. And I think that's why we're seeing improved results on long-term clients that we're not going to be perfect all the time on an invoice. We're not going to be perfect all the time on a policy. We're going to have oopses, but all of this process of being other centered, getting them emotionally involved, we're leading them to why and they're bought in. When we drop the ball, it's so much easier to pick up and keep moving right down the court. It is. It, 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 it's all because you have their interest in mind and they know that you've, you've reached that sort of trusted status with them. And it sounds like you're doing all the right things. I mean, I even heard you just say, you know, another aspect of a catalyst is someone that seeks the truth about themselves and you do that with your team. And, you know, the, the best leaders that we ever run into are those that, uh, that seek. In fact, we've written blogs on the number one thing any good leader can do is seek, uh, feedback on themselves because we all know we're not perfect at least those <laughs> walking this earth um, <laughs> well this has been wonderful Robert do you, any other closing pearls of wisdom for those out there trying to to get to the status you've reached with your team uh, those that are still climbing the ladder and I know you are too but what any other pearls of wisdom for the group I think when you just one quickly is just fall forward yeah. And I started this year with that uh, Denzel Washington. He did a, a, a commencement speech. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what college it was that he did it for. It's on YouTube. And in it, he often uses the phrase to fall forward. Yeah. And I encourage people when they're starting a process like this, and it is, it's a lot of work. 
was a lot of work for me to learn how to coach my team. Though. I got the philosophy of it, I, uh, the philosophy behind it. I got the strategy, but I was not as effective at coaching them to be better at prospecting right away. But just fall forward and basically just take the step. And I think that's where so many people get stuck in the muck. They just are stuck and they're in quicksand. Just take the step. It's an exciting journey, and I'm glad I started taking the journey with you, Scott, and everyone there at Aslan. It's been exciting, and I thank you genuinely so much. He's Robert Zeman. We thank him for all of his time, all of his loyalty to Aslan, and really to his customers and to his reps to, to embrace this philosophy, which is really showing up in, in the work and then the team development he's going through. Guys, get out there and share this podcast, download it, uh, subscribe to it. We want to get this out to as many people as we can. We do this only for you. There is nothing better than uh, being fulfilled in our work, and this is our little give back, and I hope it's helping. We'll see you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan.